Hello, beautiful listeners and viewers, and welcome to another episode. I am really happy to have you here today with Amy Garcia-Baker. We are going to talk about grief, and specifically, we are going to talk about mind-body connection with grief, processing grief, moving through it, and we're going to be relating things back to Louise Hay's methods that she speaks to so often in the book that she wrote with David Kessler, How to Heal Your Heart. And in that book, they address uh, affirmations, personal growth, and all of the emotions that occur when grief is involved. So there's so many different types of grief, whether it's about a relationship or an actual death, but I am going to turn it over to our specialist to start talking about that. So a little bit more about Amy here. She is an ICF certified coach, a Heal Your Life coach and workshop facilitator. She helps people work through negative transitions, uh, getting their way forward so that they can stop searching and start living. Through her work with hundreds of clients, she's seen firsthand how learning to love yourself helps you to develop into the person that you are. And so as a Heal Your Life coach and workshop teacher, what Amy is doing is using all of those tools that so many of us in the metaphysical world are using to improve our lives. And likely what drew you here is that desire to heal your, your life and to help others to heal their own. So on top of all of that, uh, Amy uh, works with a person-centered approach. She sees people as unique individuals with valuable gifts and contributions. Her primary work is as a grief counselor. And you can find more about Amy at amygarciabaker.com. So that's just like it sounds, amygarciabaker.com. And she has her email address there, a place for you to get a hold of her. And she always has something in the queue, something going on. So she will take great care of you if this is a topic that is of importance to you. So welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks, Victoria. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> oh, so happy to have you. I've really been looking forward to this. And uh, being that you are such an expert, I'm, I am going to just start off with having you talk to the listeners and viewers a, a bit about your experience with the book, How to uh, You Can Heal Your Heart, uh, Find Peace After a Breakup, Divorce, or Death by uh, David Kessler and Louise Hay. And then um, if you could transition from there into different types of grief. Yeah, for sure. So um, the book is uh, an excellent read for anybody who is experiencing um, loss due to death or non-death um, if they're grieving for any of those reasons. And it talks a lot about how you don't have to suffer through grief, you know, that it is one of the hardest things anyone will have to experience, but it doesn't have to be, um, it, you don't have to suffer through it. You can think about how you're thinking in terms of your grief and change those thoughts, just to like a lot of the other work um, that Louise has put out. And so it doesn't mean that it's not, um, it diminish it doesn't mean that it's diminishing your grief in any way whatsoever, but it is, it's just looking at how you're thinking about it and allowing you to move through it in a more gentler way, if that makes sense. It does. Absolutely. And so when you talk about the non-death grief, what does that, what does that look like generally? 
non-death grief could be from any loss, really. Um, when we have a loss, it could be a job loss, a relationship loss, um, a breakup, like anything where you are, something in your life is changing. So um, it could be a number of reasons. So there's a lot of non-death losses that we experience grief in. And sometimes we don't realize that maybe that's what we're experiencing in because grief mimics a lot of things like depression and burnout. So um, just being aware that those, that, that grief can be present in those losses. That's a really good point. I'm thinking back as you're talking to uh, when my oldest son moved out on his own and he was so excited. And I remember him, you know, taking his stuff and, you know, making all these trips back and forth. And then the last trip, uh, you know, he was gone. And I remember like dropping to the floor in the hallway and, oh, I'm getting choked up. And just that overwhelming sense of, he just left me. And then, uh, then there was this whole, oh, but I should be celebrating, right? You know, phew, got one out of the nest, right? And, and I should be happy for him. And, and this is silly. How could I, you know, how could I possibly have grief over uh, a child leaving? You know, grief is reserved for bigger things in life. And so I'm really glad that you have given us all the permission to acknowledge those events as grief. Maybe it's your little one going off to kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. And that's, those are perfect examples where we don't really realize that grief is, is a valid expression of what we're feeling. Like really grief is our love being expressed. So when you, you have that change or that, um, that one of your children leaving the nest, it is a big change and, and sure they're still alive but everything is changing life is no longer as it was um right and that's that's a great description love is no longer as our life is no longer as it was and I love what you said love is our grief is an expression of love I've never heard that before grief is an expression of love tell us more about that okay how does that show up yeah well um just as an example you wouldn't necessarily grieve something that you didn't have an attachment or connection with. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, you, you know, you might feel sadness or something for mm, something that happened, but you don't maybe not feel that grief or it may not. Maybe like trade. So maybe trading in a car and getting a new one. Yes. Like, you know, oh, that car, you know, we, we went a lot of miles together. Uh, but but not, not tapping into that emotion of love, right? right. We, we may say, oh, I loved that car, but it wasn't a love emotion, right? more of a, more of a love expression. Yes, that's, that's a good example. Or um, I'm trying to think of something else like, oh, <laughs> sorry, am I, the examples are escaping me, but it is, if you don't have that, that love emotion or, or like, if you think of, um, like a loved one that you've lost, like how many years that that person's been with you mm -hmm. and how much love you have for them. If you didn't have that connection or love uh, of some, in some way, then you wouldn't necessarily feel the grief the way that. 
So let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, death, loss, grief. And if you could, I think what comes to my mind is, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's been two years, 10 years, 20 years. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Uh, and, and also you use the word suffer earlier. You don't have to suffer. And uh, With the people I've lost in my life, I suffered. And so can you kind of walk us through maybe those different, um, I want to say stages, but maybe not the traditional stages that we would relate to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's work, but through different, first of all, there's that finding out the shock of it all. Can you talk about that, that level of grief? Yeah. Um... And this, and this could be relevant to non-death grief as well, that, that initial shock. And sometimes in that initial shock, um, you feel numbness or disoriented or disbelief in, in what's happened because your, your normal is now no longer normal. Like everything in your life has changed. Um, and then it can go into, and again, grief is not a linear process. It's not meant to be uh, looked at as, okay, I've done that and I'm going to move on to the next step. It can, it can cycle. So as I'm describing this, just realize you can be at any stage at, at any point in your life. So um, it can go on into a, after that uh, disbelief and that numbness subsides, it can go into a place of kind of chaos where you don't feel normal. Maybe like a lot of people will come and say, I, I feel crazy. Like I don't feel like myself. And that is normal. Like those emotions can come up, sadness, anger, that love, like um, search for meaning. And so after that, there becomes sometimes a level of acceptance and getting used to what the new normal is and new beginnings and realizing that life is forever changed, but it's, it's okay to begin living life again fully as you're grieving fully. And that's something that David Kessler says a lot. It's, we don't have to uh, immerse ourselves in grief without living fully. We can experience joy alongside our grief. Um, and a lot of times I, I hear from clients is, oh, I feel like I shouldn't be experiencing joy or, or pleasure or happiness when I've had such a huge loss. But really, life is about experiencing all of the emotions and feelings and it's okay to um, experience them alongside each other. So for those people who do get stuck in that guilt of I shouldn't be, uh, I shouldn't have just been laughing, right? Mm. Uh, I shouldn't uh, feel like I can go on with life. I shouldn't go on a vacation. I, all of these different, I shoulds, I shouldn't, right? And the person's dealing with the guilt of all of that. You know, we can say to them, you know, it's okay to feel joy. It's okay to feel happy. It's okay to go on vacation. And they probably understand that at a head level, mm -hmm. but how, how does one really deal with the guilt? Yeah. Well, sometimes some of the exercise that I give my clients is, is journaling, like what is your grief telling you? Or what is, what is that guilt about? Like writing directly to your guilt. Um, 
and where that guilt is coming from. It is guilt and the what ifs are really hard with grief because they're often felt, whether it's um, guilt for not wanting to move on with life or I'm here and they're gone um, or guilt of like, I could have done more while they were here. And so it's um, really, it's so individual. There's not like a one size fits all to say, okay, you're going to move over your guilt or those what ifs or um, that experiencing joy. It's really looking at it as a whole and starting to really incorporate self-care. Like if it can't be those bigger things, what can you do for yourself to take care of what's ex- what you're experiencing? Because guilt, uh, grief, comes with so many physical, emotional, spiritual things that are impacted. So um, it really takes examining what's happening within you and around you to prevent you from allowing that joy or, yeah, just living life, you know, like um, our life is carrying on, carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so when uh you you mentioned the body there so when grief is showing up for someone in their body you know have you noticed any typical patterns with your clients or how it, how it might typically show up it's interesting a lot of times um there's this this weight on the chest and it mm-hmm. kind of goes into the throat and um it's almost like it's it's ready to come out, but it just has nowhere to go. And so, uh, so another thing that I've offered is healing touch to help remove that energy because it can feel like just a weight on the chest, a heaviness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also affects sleep. You're at, people can either sleep too much or too little, mm-hmm. uh, feel exhausted, um, have the emotion expressed through crying or anger. Uh, or not any emotion like there's there it really um shows up in different ways there can be headaches or soreness or but a lot of what I hear is that heavy like that that heaviness in the chest and the throat and mm-hmm. when I think about the the non-death uh grieving events in my life um I think anxiety as mm. well. it's showing up as anxiety in my body yes yeah, and that that can definitely show up. Like if you think of um, even how depression uh, shows up in the, the physical body or 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 any of the body, spiritual, mental, um, emotional, it's very similar. So um, yes, anxiety definitely can be one of them for sure. So one of the tools that you give your clients to help uh, at any stage is journaling. Um, and what are some other tools that you have found that are helpful? Uh, well, it depends, like if there, um, some of the things that we, like at where I work, we try to encourage people to find what helps their whole body. So sometimes physical exercise will tick all the boxes for the spiritual, mental, emotional. So if, if you could find things, find ways that can support all aspects of you um so whether it's walking in nature and helping process that way 
being more connected with yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the journaling is a big one. Um, support groups, uh, speaking to other people is a bit, it, uh, I find a lot of people who have experienced um, a loss of any kind want to feel uh, like they're not alone. So speaking to other people that have experienced the same mm-hmm. or similar loss um, and talking to people, like talking to somebody who is not in your inner circle is always sometimes helpful. I hear a lot about people not wanting to burden their friends and family with what they're feeling and experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just talking to somebody can also help. When you said that, it reminds me of someone that I spoke to recently, a young girl in her early 20s, uh, and her father uh, died suddenly. And she was really stuck in a pattern, or is still, of I have to take care of everybody else. And do you see that a lot with grief? And and how does one work through that? Yeah, that's a big one where a lot of people will put their grief aside because everyone around them is also grieving. And so they feel that they have to be that support for them. So that is a challenging one. Um, It's great if they come in to see me because it gives them a place of um, support and a place where they can put grief on their calendar. Because if they're taking care of everyone else, then it's hard to do it outside of that time they're putting aside for themselves. You know, you, you said something really interesting there, putting grief on their calendar. And I think that's so important when I think of the grief I've experienced in my life. If I know, you know, Tuesday at two o'clock, I'm going to be working on my own grief. And as a client myself, I've thought about how my going to grief counseling is to get rid of my grief. Mm. And as a counselor, maybe some counselors think, uh, oh, my goodness, what can I do to help my client get rid of their grief? But I think from what you're telling me and your holistic approach is that the idea is not to get rid of the grief. The idea is to maybe accept the grief and move, move with it. Am I, am I correct? Yes. Like it is integrating that new, that new way of your life. Um, Grief, especially for grief due to death, never leaves us it changes for sure. You'll notice over time, it's not as hard to talk about the loved one or um, when you think about them, it's not as emotional, but there can be times where you're walking through the grocery store, driving down down the road and a song comes on and that memory comes and all of a sudden the grief is present like it was yesterday. And so it never leaves, but it does change. And so it is a way of, of just, um allowing it into our lives and not trying to have a completion date because there won't be a completion date to it so can we talk about love and forgiveness when it comes to grief yes um love and forgiveness so can you share a little bit more about so what i'm thinking about is for example those people who um maybe maybe it was a spouse, neighbor, teacher, uh, friend, who was uh, someone who you 
you know, really had affectionate feelings for, um, but then you have these memories that aren't, aren't pleasant. Uh, I'm trying to think of one in my life particular, in particular. Um, there's nothing coming to top of mind, but just as an example, maybe someone's passed away who wronged you and it was never, uh, it was never cleared up. And now after that person is gone, how does forgiveness come into processing grief? I think, okay, here's an example. Um, I've talked to many people who have lost a parent and there's things that were unsaid between them and there's still some resentment uh, from childhood wounds, uh, you know, that we all have uh, because we all had parents and, you know, or someone looking after us and, they haven't they they haven't worked through that, and so maybe they had a rough childhood. So now that parent has passed on, and they want to throw that whole rough childhood memory kind of into the garbage can. But with it goes all the good stuff. So how do you help people get to a place of of understanding those emotions and offering forgiveness so that they can salvage? the good memories. That makes sense at all. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I know where you're going. Um, yeah, and that that happens a lot, you know, the things that have gone unsaid or the things that you feel that you're uh, some people feel that they're still carrying that weren't resolved and the person is now gone. So um, when it comes to forgiveness, and it, Louise talks about this too, is that when you forgive your you're really essentially setting yourself free. So it's a gift to yourself to be able to forgive. And so ways that um, I help clients do that is writing letters. Like a, a, if people can write, sit down and write a letter to their loved one um, and share all the things that they felt were left unsaid and um, kind of process that way, writing is an excellent tool because it accesses a different approach part of our brain when we're right handwriting. Um, and then they release it, whether it's through fire burning um, or in the water or whatever, burying it. Um, that, that sometimes comes with a lot of relief along with it. Uh, there's also, um, you know, in, in different techniques, there could be talking as if, uh, like in a counseling aspect, as if they're in the room with them. So verbalizing right. it yes. and sharing that way can also, if writing is not a way that they like to mm -hmm. express. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that it's probably something, uh, you know, going back to Louise's work that maybe could even be done as a conversation in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So uh, that person's no longer in the room uh, or even a, even a non-death grief where forgiveness, maybe you've been fired from a job and uh, you need to offer forgiveness to uh, the workplace as well as to yourself. That conversation in the mirror, I've used that in the past uh, when I've needed to work through a situation and it's been really helpful and it feels odd when you first start. Um, but I think having that connection with your own eyes really ties in your own heart and that healing that we all need so badly. Yes. So as a 
so those techniques that you mentioned, so writing a letter to the loved one uh, or um, pretending the loved one is in the room and having that conversation uh, and, and assumably uh, uh, having the, uh, the, the person who is not in the room and, assume, and pretending they're in the room, having them maybe answer back, is that part of it? It can be for sure, having okay. them answer back, absolutely. So is that a, are those techniques or is there a different technique or in addition to that you would use with people who, for example, didn't get a chance to say goodbye? Yeah, um, for the people who uh, didn't, and it, it also depends on people's beliefs, right? If so if, if people believe that they can be heard, um, that they're, what they're sharing and the messages that they're expressing can be heard, then there's different ways to do that, whether they're thinking about it and sharing that way, um, expressing it in a letter or in counseling. But then even um, some of the tools that Louise does in her workshops or that has been trained in her, her workshops of uh, writing down the things that need to be forgiven or, um, and then having that with can yes. also be be helpful. It's very powerful, isn't it? Absolutely. It mm -hmm. So Amy, for the person who is watching or listening right now, who the grief is fresh, uh, do you have some, some advice for them to get through the, the crisis part of, of the grief? Yeah, well, grief is, um, and in the book, it says a lot that it's important to honor the grief. Um, you know, the grief is not to be rushed. A lot of times people want to rush through those, like, especially that early grief, that fresh grief. It's so uncomfortable. It's like one of the hardest things people will have to feel is that grief because it's so uncomfortable. And so, really honoring it and not trying to rush through it and um, understanding that it will change, you know, but it, if there's no timeline to grief. So that feeling that in the beginning is, is uncomfortable. Um, reach out for your supports, know where your supports are. Talk to people who you feel can be trusted and can sit with you in the grief without trying to change things, kind of meet you where you're at, because there's not often a lot of things that people can say to get you out of the grief. It's something that you have to go through. And so finding the people who can sit with you with it um, and be okay that, and be uncomfortable with you in mm -hmm. that grief. Right, right. That's really important. They can be uncomfortable with you in the grief. Mm -hmm. Now, what about pre-event. So I know that you work uh, with hospice patients, families. And so there's that time before the person has passed, but the, the family is still grieving, even though the person is still with us. For the people going through that right now, maybe they've got a, a sick spouse, parent, or child, and they're grieving every day. And they might have been grieving every day for a year now. Is there any uh, specific advice you can lend to them? 
A lot of self-care is what comes to mind immediately because when you are going through that anticipatory grief, a lot of times you're caring for so many things and the care for yourself kind of gets put on the back burner. And that's when you need it the most because there's usually a lot of moving pieces when somebody is in care or um, has a life-limiting illness. And so when that happens, it's important to fill your cup and it's not selfish doing that. It's mm -hmm. so important because you need to fill your, you can't give from your empty well. So making sure you're taking that five minute break or setting intention that uh, this coffee I'm having is my moment and nothing else happens or whatever that looks like. Absolutely. And it, and that self-care, like you said, might be simple as a coffee <clears throat> or, um, you know, maybe it's just taking that hour for yourself and, and being able to step away from the, the situation right in front of you. And with self-care comes self-love. And, you know, the two go hand in hand. And I think that self-care kind of got a bad rap a while ago because it was all manicures and bubble baths. And while manicures and bubble baths are fabulous, uh, that self-love is the foundation of the self-care. So really working on that as well, you know, the loving ourselves. And I know that's something that you help people with, with your coaching, your Heal Your Life coaching, the grief aspect as a grief counselor, uh, helping people to really uh, love themselves so they can support themselves as a, uh, a lifelong skill that changes everything for the better. And in the book, You Can Heal Your Heart, they talk about uh, using affirmations. Now, when I think of affirmations, and you all know I love affirmations, I think of kind of goal-driven affirmations, you know, uh, and, and the ones that invoke those really good feelings. So how, how do affirmations around grief work? What would some of those sound like if you, maybe you can refer to the book or maybe you some, know some off the top of your head, what that would look like? Yeah, and I, I do have the book here. Um... And it's funny, I just opened this to this one. I embrace the now and my healing begins. Oh, that feels good. Yeah. I have goosebumps. I embrace the now and my healing begins. I don't think there's a person watching or listening that would not benefit from that affirmation. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the, uh, I was going to ask you to give me a list, but frankly, that one covers it. <laughs> so we're just going to stick there. Uh, and um, people uh, to get a hold of you again, uh, to help them work through grief, to help them work through uh, any of the Heal Your Life processes as well. Uh, your website is Amy Garcia Baker. I'll put that into the comments and show notes. So uh, amygarciabaker.com uh, so that people can get a hold of you easily. And uh, I can tell you firsthand uh, that Amy is a wonderful coach uh, and a wonderful counselor. Uh, Amy is my counselor and uh, I'm happy to share her with you and her wisdom. And thank you so much for being on the show today, Amy. Thank you, Victoria.